Critics, we're back for episode 22 of the Armchair Critics podcast with underqualified experts who discuss all things sport, work and life with little to no background or supporting evidence. Back to you with Jack. Mate, how are you? Sensational. Mate, Different S word. Salubrious. Is that, is that how you are? <laughs> mate, absolutely. <laughs> Never been better. So, mate, heaps to talk about this week, but do you want to start with the cricket? Yeah, might as well kick it off with the cricket this week. So, um, look, not a heap. Um, of you know groundbreaking news like we've had the previous few weeks, but just a few things to run through. The hundred is well and truly into the swing of things. Now I've actually been watching a bit of it. Have you? And I actually don't mind it. So can you explain the hundred to me with how they bowl? So, so I think I have the wrong idea. Is it five and ten? So they're f- uh, effectively five ball overs is how it, it's determined. I think they bowl ten balls at each end before swapping ends. Right, and that's but, so, but you can bowl ten balls in a row, so you can so the allotment of ten balls from one end can be two bowlers bowling five or one bowler bowling ten, maximum of twenty balls per bowler. Yeah, so I I can't imagine many pace bowlers doing that, but I can imagine like a Sunil Nareen just ripping up for ten balls. Yeah, a few or of them a Rashid do. Khan. A few of them do. Um, uh, I suppose it's one of those things when uh, you know you even see it in the space of one over in T Twenty cricket where like batsmen start to line the bowlers up. So I don't know that it's really in the team's best interest necessarily to bowl a medium pacer for 10 in a row, uh, ten balls in a row. And I assume when you're at that level of cricket, you're fit enough to bowl 10. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't imagine the fitness thing is uh, is an issue at all. I think actually the game that I watched the other night, um, Reese Topley bowled the first 10 balls from one end. <laughs> elite, dead set. Hey, Quinton de Kock did not look like hitting one off the square. The Renegades' best ever recruit, Reese. No, well, he swings the ball back home in England. Oh, and okay. It is unplayable. Comes from wide, big hooping outies. And Left armers too. Yeah, yeah. And big, t- like, heaps of bounce and stuff. It looked like an absolute nightmare. So, um, But I actually, I must say, I am actually a fan of the product. I think it, it, it's different. It adds a bit of something. But well, I think the main attraction to it is the top-level talent. The fact that all the England guys are available for it. Look, so I'll go. I'll, I'm, this is all in on late notice, and I'll find it. While you find it, how long till the BBL does their own 100? No, I, I don't think they can. Because they can't get... The- I, I reckon the ship sailed. The, um, England, English cricket have beat them to it. It's, it's too late. But the Oval Invincibles team, I'll just read you out. So it's named after the ground? No, not necessarily, but the, these guys are. So it's basically Surrey who play at at the Oval. That's cool. But Stephen Roy, Sunil Narine, Riley Rousseau, Jordan Cox, Sam Curran, Hilton Cartwright, Tom Curran, also have Reese Topley and Danny Briggs. That's pretty elite. That's an elite team. So and there's How does Danny team. Briggs go over there? It wasn't too bad here. No, he goes okay. Just left arm tweak is, you know, again, nothing special, but... Um, you you wouldn't look at any of the teams and go, yeah, they're weak, um, except maybe the Welsh Fire. They were supposed to have Johnny Bairstow and he pulled out of the tournament Perfect. to stay fit for the test stuff. So, um, But like the Trent Bridge team, they've got Is Alex that- Hales, Darwood Milan, Cola Cadmore. I don't know whether you've ever seen him, but... Oh my no God, way, mate. Them. Who is that? Um, Colin Munro, Lewis Gregory, Samit Patel, Daniel Sams, Tabaray Shamsi. Um, this other oh, team's got Shamsy of the greatest wicket celebration at ever fame. Joss Butler, Phil Salt, Andre Russell, Tristan Stubbs, the young South African that we talk, spoke about. Yeah, yep. Laurie Evans. That's their top five. Hey, holy moly! And they've also got Sean Abbott, Matt Parkinson. Um, actually, in that game, there's one of these games back here where Phil Salt was wicket keeping. 
and the the bloke keeping for the other side, his last name was Pepper. So that was elite. Salt and, oh, salt and pepper is the two wicket keepers. Just the condiments out in the field. Um, but yeah, a lot of top level talent, you and can, it is exciting. You can Smaller add, grounds too. You can I add them think to that the helps. Lunch and eleven. The lunch and eleven, without a doubt, with filled mustard and graham onions. <laughs> so no, I, it's just yeah, the smaller grounds help. I think more sixes, better atmosphere. I think. Dude, English grounds. atmosphere for cricket, I think, is unmatched. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, India. It's a different type of atmosphere, though. Yeah, yeah. I think for us English speakers, it's a lot more relatable. Yeah, no. And I, I, I mean, no I, disrespect to the south, the southern continent, but it's completely different with all those annoying, um, like the the trumpet noises. Yeah, no, it is, and it, it's different. And going to like Adelaide Oval is the best cricket ground that I've ever been to, and it's yep. not the biggest, and it's not the most glamorous necessarily, but. I think it is the best place that I've ever been to actually watch cricket and sit. It's just the best stadium. It's open at one end. It's actually, and honestly, second behind Adelaide would be Metricon. Metricon was sick. We went to a Big Bash game a few years ago. Yeah. No, and Metricon... Because you're, you're on top awesome. of them. And it's a great AFL field too. Yeah, and it's open at one end. It's just got a better feel and a bit of better atmosphere feel about it rather than just being inside a fucking concrete cylinder. It's the same thing with those like rural rugby league grounds. Like Redcliffe, same thing. It's got the yeah. open end and you can see... We, we are going. 100%. First, all right, first game, I reckon. We're yep. going. You'll shout. Yeah, sure. Surely they'll Bullshit. play the Broncos first round. If if they don't play the Broncos or the Titans or the Cowboys first round, they have severely fucked up. Yeah. In I particular, the Broncos. Um, and then there's this other team, Birmingham, Will Smead, Moeen Alley, Liam Livingston, Matt Wade... Um, they're just all the teams just look elite so um, it actually makes for really exciting viewing um, and it's fucking sick so I'm, I'm a big fan Will Jax who uh, is just supremely talented young kid coming out of England he's only 23 um, he's been playing first class cricket for four years now I think yeah um, but they uh, they chased down 140 the other night with about 20 balls to go he made an unbeaten 107 or 48 balls, and no, oh. no one else in his team made more than 11. Just and like he's not a big dude, not out, not a big. Yep, he hit a six to bring to win the game. I really hope he got a chop that night for the so, triple C. And serious, and he is elite. He's got to play for England ASAP. Their white ball stuff, they have to get him you, a place somewhere. What's Banton doing these days? Ah, oh, falling off the face of the earth. I don't know. He's just one of those guys. Again, supremely talented. He just he like doesn't the, have the weight of runs. Is he the English Chris Lynn? Yeah, a little bit. Although Chris Lynn's probably had more success on the domestic circuit than Tom Banton has. Banton's out well, my age, though. Yeah, I know he's young. He's got plenty of time. I suppose Lynn was elite from day dot. Yeah, yeah. Well, more like when one kind of once he hit thirty, I reckon. Like between twenty eight and thirty is when Lynn really just took off. Yeah. So. Um, so actually, news out of the Big Bash today. Jonathan Wells signs with the Renegades. Mate, you which called I'll, it episode one. Episode one. Um, so that's good. I'll pat myself on the back for that. I was pretty happy with that call. Go back, back and listen to episode one if you don't believe us. Look, um, just a little heads up. If you do listen to episode one, um, I couldn't work out how to not make the speakers go into your left and right. So Jack will only be in your left ear and I'll only be in your right ear. I had someone mention that to me the other day. You got someone. That, I can't even remember who it was. Go, you know, it's like you only come out of the left speaker and Sean's only out of the right speaker. I said, no, no. After the first three episodes or four episodes, we managed to figure out how yeah. to fix it. I didn't know. I didn't even know it was a thing until like we listened back. I was like, 
fuck. Yeah, and one side of the speaker is fucked on my computer. So it was like... we that went through. sweet. We played it after and it was all good. Yeah, so... And it turns out it's just the left speaker that's good. So uh, that's a good signing from the Renegades, who now have Finch, Sean Marsh, Dude, and John O'Wells love Sh- three of their top four. Love Sean Marsh. Shout out Sean Marsh. So they'll be a hit and miss team, without a doubt, with whenever you've got Finch up the top. But Marsh has always been pretty consistent. And John O'Wells, you could argue, is maybe the most consistent cricketer so in the bash. Sean Marsh probably is the perfect three. Yeah. And John O'Wells is the perfect five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, depending on four or five. Yeah, take your pick. Pick your poison. But you can matter. gamble with your four there. And you can ha- you can send like a Sam Harper or something. Fraser to McGurk. Open. Yeah, or Fraser McGurk to, uh, to open with Finch. Mm. So, and the other one then just bats four. Nah, Wells Mackenzie Harvey. <laughs> Give you some break. So, that's a good signing from the um, from the Gades. I still feel like they've got to nail their internationals. They've got to replace Boyce, bro. That's a loss. Yeah, and that's massive underrated. loss. Signed with the Strikers. I'm a big fan of Cameron Boyce. We've, I been, he's, we've been through this. Yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of the most underrated spinners in the country, still. And he's a Queenslander. Yeah. So, extra kudos. All-round good bloke. So... Um, that's a good signing from the strikers too. Who I think will lose Rashid Khan. I think that's like the indication they've lost him. Yeah. No, I think Rashid like, Khan has signed with one of the South African teams. Oh, just he won't even enter oh, the draft. Oh no, not the. Uh, or might have been the UAE teams. Yeah, the same thing Warner's doing. Yeah. So and I mean the whole thing is but fueled by IPL money. But that's so. But that's fine. He's from UAE. He's from that area, like Afghanistan. Rashid. That area, Afghanistan's Afghanistan, mate. Yeah, but they play like yeah, yeah, no, I UAE get, often. I yeah, I get they don't saying. play test in Afghanistan. Yeah. and he's an international. He's an international there. player. He's not turning his back on his home tournament or anything like that. He has he owes the strikers nothing. If anything, that's his home tournament. That's the yeah. point I'm making. That is yeah, that is as close to his home tournament as he's ever going to get. Yeah, so good so, on him. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and it looks well, like there'll probably be a few. I reckon. I reckon Muhammad Nabi goes, which is a good up for the gays. Yeah, yeah. So, but they've got it. Yeah, like I said, they've got to nail it. They need. Uh, I don't, actually don't even know what kind of play. I, I bet you they go out and sign Kyron Pollard, which will just be the dumbest fucking thing ever in the draft. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I want to see Will Jacks nominate. I'd like to see. Was he in Hobart last year? I'd actually, you know what, I would like to see. It, no, Harry Brook. Harry Brook. Was the one um, who also should be in an England shirt very soon in, the, in the Red Bull stuff, killing it. Um, that's a later story. Um, I think uh, Liam Livingston would be the perfect cricketer to go in and play for the Gades. Imagine him and Finchie opening. Him and Finch oh. open Marsh three, Fraser McGurk, Fraser McGurk and Wells, and then Sam Harper and whoever the fuck you like after that. Don't care. Sam Harper, um, Mackenzie Harvey, and Daniel Sams would be a good pickup for them as well. Is he leaving? Got, no, not necessarily, but that type player, who, someone who's going to open the bowling, get your wickets in the power play, can bowl at the death, a weapon in the field, and is capable of nearly scoring a big bash hundred. I feel like Mark Ward opened the checkbook if he thought about leaving. Say that again. Mark Ward, Thunder. Oh yeah. He just opened the checkbook for Sams if he considered leaving. You're staying. Yeah, that's probably true. Write your salary. Yeah. So, but anyway, so interesting to see. I don't know when that big bash draft is, but I'll definitely be um, pretty keen to see how that goes because there's a lot of Bro, entrants and it, I reckon there'll be a lot of pullouts. It's, yep, especially after the Stokes thing. But this is make or break for the big bash. 
One hundred percent. I agree. I don't if know this, how many. I don't know how many fresh ideas they've got left. Yeah, like if this draft doesn't work, it's almost pull the pin stuff. Oh, I don't know that it'll ever get to a pull the pin. No, they'll, they'll they'll rinse it for every last drop it's got. Yeah, but it'll just the viewership will go down, TV money will go down, international interest will it'll turn into a domestic comp again. Yeah, what I actually think they should do is, and it, it's nearly too late now because you've got established fan bases. It should be six teams, and you play everyone twice home and away. So it's a ten game to- six teams, ten game tournament. Condense it. I know there's less opportunity for the guys that what don't about, what get about the three, What about three times each? And you played a neutral ground somewhere. Nah, 15 games go is too ru- many. Go rural though. Go like, like when they go play at Maui and stuff. Unless, unless you're playing like back, like the same team play back-to-back nights or something If they like did like that. a carnival day like Maui one day and then out in fucking what what Yeah. Like so Townsville maybe, maybe that's the... Because Channel 7 are kicking up a stink because they don't want the Big Bash anymore. Why would you? They're just bleeding money because the... They paid squillions. They paid top dollar for the rights, and they're getting jack shit returns. So, so you, get, you get fifteen games. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll spitball this. So you get your idea, and then we'll add like the the carnival day at Maui, Coffs Harbour, Townsville, somewhere in WA and whatnot. Yeah, one in each state, and then that's it. Yeah. Oh, and you, yeah, you play like a Coffs or you know Tamworth or something like that. Yeah, for they did Coffs. Coffs was good. Yeah, and like Cost Stadium is quite nice. Yeah, it's the international stadium. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long bow in there. Yeah, oh. any stadium international, brother. Yeah. If you name it international, that's it. You're the, in the big leagues. You're in the big leagues. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, uh, maybe that is the next step. Is maybe to start culling teams, or but they'll have to do something if this doesn't work because this looks like a, a stroke of genius, but with. The UAE tournament to be and executed. the South Africa tournament coming in. There's a lot of internet, and we're the third best paying out of all three of those. Yeah, I'm concerned that we'll get left with scraps like we do every fucking year. I'd be curious the other countries' taxes, like the after tax, to see what the tax rate would be, to see mm. what it's act like the actual take home pays. Yeah, the take home difference. Yeah, I don't know. I, I assume ours probably isn't the best. Probably not. But I can't imagine South Africa's being any good. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway. I can't comment on that kind of stuff. We're not not accountants. No, exactly. I'm close. I'm not. Um, Now, the England-South Africa test series started actually 15 minutes ago. Um, So, uh, South Africa won the toss and elected to bowl. So, England will bat first for the first time this summer. Where is it? Uh, In England. Okay. Uh, England are one for seven. Oh, who's with, out? Uh, Alex Lee's sneaking off early to Rabada for five. That would not be fun facing Rabada though. No, I can't. England have gone in unchanged from their last test, other than Ben Folks back in yeah. after missing the last game. I think COVID or injured or might have actually been back spasms or some shit. I don't know. It's good to see him back. Um, but podcast uh, favorite the our, the South Africa uh, bowling lineup: Marco Janssen. Maharaj, Rabada, Nokia, and Nick Itty. I like Yanson, eh? Uh, yeah, and I re- I'm a big fan of Unric Nokia. Bowls, Thunderbolts. And yep. does not care. And actually, neither does Yanson. Like, y- he doesn't care either. He's not quite as quick, but he does not give man. a fuck. He will bump He's you. only like 19 or 20. Yeah, he's young. He's 20. Uh, 22. So, but had a great start to his test career. Six tests in so far. 28 wickets at 20. The New, is it New Zealand? 38. The- that he played last? No, India. India. Dude, In great, South Africa. Great test I think series. he made his debut. So, um, yeah, I'm worried about their batting order, though. They don't have a lot of 
like world class batsman at the top. You've got Dean Elgar, who's a fine cricketer by all by all means, but yeah, they don't have a lot of runs in them. So, um, which I think is ultimately what is going to come back to hurt them. But anyway, we'll see. But there's been some fighting words speaking of Elgar regarding Basball, saying that he really just doesn't buy it and thinks that by the time this series is said and done, England will have egg all over their face. If they think that they're going to get away with playing baseball all the time. I love that. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> about this last week. People just starting petty shit for no I reason. I love that. Yeah. So, just, just honestly... Just sneak it in there to start with. Yeah. Because you know the, the moment they cross the line, no yeah. one's shutting up about it for no, five and days. He, and he has doubled and tripled down on this. This was in his <sighs> first interview. And so Dude, now everyone is asking him about it. Do you know what my favourite... Like quote for yourself maybe ever is what back yourself and double down back yourself and double down and he's tripled down he has tripled down what a bloke <laughs> I actually think and for a guy, he got a te- he got a pair on Test debut nah. came out here made his debut in Perth and Mitchell Johnson got him out twice in a Test for a dark I reckon um, this Dean Elgar that is um, and he's been their most consistent cricketer for a long time he's got thirteen Test hundreds scored nearly five thousand runs at forty very very solid cricketer for um, for them, but I don't reckon anyone else averages over 35. Perfect. Yeah, so they'll struggle. Um, <laughs> now, James Anderson, having just turned 40, is playing. Now, he would need to play, at his current wickets per test, he would need to play about 11 tests, I reckon, to hit 700 test wickets. So, can he do it? No. You don't reckon he does it? No. Nah. Why? It's coming. The unfortunate, and I feel bad for saying it, career-ending, last straw, big injury. Now, we were speaking about this at home uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Probably a few weeks ago. I for when his- um, Probably around when the Ben Stokes thing was being talked about, you know, with the workload and stuff. And I think probably pretty safe to assume that he won't play overseas much. Yeah, okay. So he's probably not going to play in the West Indies. He's probably not going to play out here in Australia. Even if... And he's, I couldn't see them taking him to the subcontinent either. Nah. So at best... That's a good point, actually. At best... He's in prime conditions for the last 11 goes at it. Yeah. So say he plays the three tests here. So you need to play... Which is a stretch, though, because he'll probably go one break one. Mm. So you'd imagine he's not going to play back-to-back tests. Is he going to run out of time? It's probably going to take him 18 months, two years. So, And that'll take him through to age 41, 42. Perspective, man. His test debut was the same year you and I started school. Yeah. 2003. He he made his ODI debut before Steve Harmison. (laughs) Steve Harmison's been retired for 15 years. Yeah. He had a violent action, though. Harmison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy's just real repeatable. Yeah. yeah. Very friendly. So, um, I I hope he does it. I don't. I don't really like him that much. And I don't... I definitely don't like England. But for to a, see a fast, fast bowler, bowler yeah, yeah. in the modern era be able to play that many tests and take that many wickets, this is it. I love the fact... He'll, he'll, he'll lead fast bowlers for wickets... Forever until we die. I love the fact though that we have the leading wicket taker, like was it was it Murley? Yeah, Murley's the leading wicket. Well, like our leading wicket taker bowls the hardest way. Yeah, and he's second all time. Yeah, I don't want to see a paceman beat it. 
Oh, well, I'm not even saying that necessarily. Just agreed. taking the English and Jimmy out of it. I'd rather the best leg spinner have more wickets than the best. Quick. Quick. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, um, my God, round two. But I think I think he gets there. And I reckon he pulls the pin as soon as he gets there. There you go. I reckon he's that kind of guy. You reckon so if he gets 709 and the test ends, he's done? No, no, no. I reckon if, once he gets to 700. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, don't, don't I don't reckon he really cares where he is all time. But it's just the 700. He'll be the only quick ever to take 700 test wickets if he gets there. No one else is doing that. Fuck no, man. Like, seriously, you'd have to play test cricket. It's literally for, a 20-year thing. It is a 20-year thing. And that's assuming no injuries, playing 10 tests every year. You know who might be years. a sneaky sniff? Like, for not getting 700, but like... Hakiso Rabada. Or Shaheen Afridi. Shaheen Afridi, yes. You just don't know how old he is, though. He's supposedly debuted at 19. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He could have been 24 by the time that happened. Yeah. So, but you're, um, you're absolutely not wrong. He's taken 100 test wickets already. That's what I mean. 99 or something, but... He's up there. Um, and he's a gun. I just don't know. Guy, you know, South Africa, Pakistan, I don't know they play enough test cricket. Fair. To, to and England like, do have a test cricket So, Rabada, he's 27. He's been playing test cricket since 2015. So, seven years, 53 tests. You'd imagine he's played a good chunk, given he's probably their best cricketer. He's got 244 wickets in 53 tests. So you double that, say 100 tests, 490 test wickets. That's quite good. That's great. <laughs> but that is still 210 short, short. where it needs to be. <laughs> GG. So then you have to, you literally have to double it again, just about. So, yeah, so he's, he's going to have to play 100 more tests. And I don't know that he's got 100 tests left in him. That's, so he'd play till he's like 37 at that yeah. rate. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, something like that. So, um, James Anderson, for reference, has played 173 tests already, which I th- think sits him second all time to Tendulkar, which is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Cool. Just the most mind-boggling thing. Anyway, on the 700 test wicket topic, I want to talk about Nathan Lyon. Yep. Talk to me. Shane Warne was an advocate saying that if he wants to play that long, Nathan Lyon will take 700 test wickets. Everyone said woo-woo. Everyone's like, this was five years ago. Everyone's like, it's not happening, man. It's not happening. It's mm-hmm. not happening. It could happen. Yep. So the Australian test schedule came out. Yeah, that got dropped today. This week. Australia played 49 tests in the next five years. Right? So we'll call that 50. Assuming he plays... Nice, nice round numbers. So 10 a year. 10 a year. Assuming he plays everyone. Assuming he plays everyone because he's pretty durable. He hasn't really missed any test match cricket at all yep. in the last little while. Repeatable action and stuff. Repeatable action. Um, keeps himself in good shape. He's. I feel like people think he's older than he is. Just because he has no hair. He's 34. Right? So playing until you're 39 as a spinner is not unheard of at all. Nah. Shane Warne was still near, just about at the top of his game. And he's he not tubs either, like you said. He's quite thin. Yeah. So... Uh, he currently averages taking about four wickets per test. So you multiply that over 50 tests in the next five years, he takes 200 more test wickets, which would sit him at about 640. So he's probably going to have to play until he's 40 as well to get to 700 if he goes at his current four wickets per test rate, which I do think he has a chance of improving on because I reckon he's been better the last five years than he was the five years before. 
Yeah, I see no reason for that to diminish at all. He's definitely a better bowler in the subcontinent than he was five years ago. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially we do, the last two tours. Yeah, and we do have a couple of subcontinent tours in there, and I actually think that they're a little might be a little bit longer even when we go to India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, places like that. So I it would and that would take him through to one hundred and fifty nine tests if he plays all fifty or all forty nine. I reckon he definitely gets to 600. Yeah, same here. I think six. I reckon 650 is the line. Or well, 649.5 if you're... A Tell you what, for a curator, he's done a fucking good job. Oh, hadn't he? Holy. And for a guy, he really didn't make his test debut until he was you know, getting on anyway. You know, he, he certainly wasn't young by the time he debuted. But yeah, he's only 34. He turns 35 in December. Made his debut in 2011. So, 11 years ago. So, he's, well, I suppose, maybe 23 or 24 or something. So, not I actually super can't fun, remember him debuting. Uh, Sri Lanka. I know, I know the test, but, like, I can't remember, like, as a kid in high school. No. Oh, no. Well, the, the inter- because this is before the days where... Before the days of KO and stuff. And we never had pay TV as kids. Neither. Oh, so, we didn't then. We had to choose between pay TV or internet. Yeah. So we chose internet. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um so it was never telecast and it was never televised. You know, Australia plays Sri Lanka. This is when Australia was shit too, so no one actually cared. He got Kumar Sangakari out with his first, first ball in first Test cricket. Just, so, qu- just quickly to Terry back to that. <laughs> because we had to choose between pay TV and internet at our house, um, we chose pay TV until mid-2011. So our internet was dial-up. Oh, dude. <laughs> Trying to run pay TV on dial-up. No, no, it was like the antenna stuff. Oh, true. But then like anything else at home, we had like, I didn't have a phone. Everything else was just literally dial-up. So you just never use the internet because it wasn't worth it. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all I've got for the cricket for this week. Uh, you, mi- you, you missed something out of the 100. Did you see Marcus Stornis accusing old mate of throwing? Yes. Uh, and he got let off. Terrible look. Do you reckon he Optics throws it? Shocking. Um, I don't know that his action is any better than the last time I saw him bowl, but he's just got one of those actions. He doesn't throw it. It's <laughs> just it's just how he bowls. Uh, I would not. <laughs> I do some rogue stuff, but that's a bit much for me. I don't think you can bowl 145 kilometers an hour plus throwing it. You can pitch it, but you don't. But when you pitch, there's a, there's you're a, twisting. Yeah, there's a difference between guys that genuinely throw it, like. Not trying to throw anyone under the bus. Cameron Gannon, right? Throws it. He actually throws it. He front on throws it, right? But guys like and Shoabakta and I, I, I didn't actually read the article and it annoys me because I now don't have the information. But there was a test when Murley was going through all his testing. They did the same testing on a lot of other bowlers, and seriously, like eighty or ninety percent of the bowlers failed it. Yeah, so the, the fa- testing- like the fast of the fast bowlers, nearly everyone failed the the you know the testing that they were doing on him. So is the testing flawed? Probably, but it just goes to show that it may, like he's just optically just it, it doesn't look great, right? But he's not throwing it. There's no way that he is deliberately trying to throw that to gain an advantage. That if is you just can't, how he bowls. if you can't like prove it with data, you're not throwing it. No. Nah. So, uh, no, and I'm not a fan. I'm not really the biggest Marcus Stoinis fan, if I have to be honest. Uh, and that just doesn't help his case, I don't think. 
Yeah, I prefer his social media than his actual cricket. Mm. Um, all right. Well, you want to give it was your idea or you yeah? Brought it up so today. we're we're gonna give overrated underrated a rest, a well earned rest. Twenty one episodes in. Um, just before we get into it, we had a, a DM from uh, at Dylan Stodge regarding cricket as well. And last week we we brought up tattoos on the overrated and underrated, and you yes, were we quite did. firm on the overrated. And I actually had a couple of messages about it as well. Um, that's cool. We love a bit of feedback. Um, Stodge posed the question: If we like you, you and I won the flag this year in ones and or twos or whatever. Poor me twos for me. Let's be real. Um, at Helensvale, would you get a tattoo of it? Uh, I I I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I reckon there is an, there is enough alcohol that I could consume. That could convince me to get a tattoo of that. I would. I'll yeah. put it on the record. If we went, if I play in ones and we win a flag, I promise you I'll get the tattoo yeah. somewhere on my probably on my like my my cankle. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe on my foot or something. But yeah, no. Somewhere you can conceal it. Yeah, I, I'm not. It's not a no for those listening. That is surprising. I must admit. Yeah, it's not a no. Anyway, so new segment. Um, it's red. We're gonna call it red flag or not. So red flag, green flag, or yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, let's do that. So it's similar to overrated, underrated, sort of, where you we give a topic and we give our opinion. It's almost on it. a scenario, but yeah, it's more of a scenario rather than a thing. So my first one, red flag or green flag? It better not be the same one I'm thinking of. Claps when the plane lands. Oh yes, <laughs> absolute red flag. And this happened on my way back from Adelaide. Stop. I was violently hungover. The whole flight back, and we landed, and I'm not kidding, the row in front and the two rows behind me, all in unison, started clapping. And I just said to myself, fuck this, get me off now. Major red flag. Oh. If you're with someone, if you're with her, like a new partner, and you go on a trip away to say, um, like, what's that place up north? Hamilton Island. If the plane lands and she starts clapping, get the next one back. Just jump on the next one back. Get, <laughs> come back to Brizzy. Leave her there. You've paid for it. Get yourself out. What yeah. do you think? Oh, no. It's a massive red flag. Because really, like, land safely, great. Don't land safely and you die. So what the fuck's the point of clapping? <laughs> um, when you get a mortgage across the line... Actually, you know what? If the pilot averted some kind of crisis and had to land in the Hudson River yes. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would fucking clap I for would that. clap, I'd kiss him. I would get up Open there. Open mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come here with your whole lips. Come here with your I, hot mouth. I would genuinely, no, I'd, I'd clap for that. But a general flight where everything goes to plan safely, nah. So, yeah, like when you get like your mortgage across, do people clap for you? No. <laughs> when I do a claim for a veteran, no one claps for me. No. I think it's it's the most white person thing ever, clapping when the yeah, the plane no, I, lands. I, yeah, can't stand it personally. Neither can I. My first one for you, and kind of where this whole segment come from. <coughs> sorry, yeah, kind of where this whole segment come from. Um, on Hinge, I was chatting to this chick, and <laughs> this is the red flag scenario: listening to a, a true crime podcast or documentary and falling asleep to it every night. Red flag or, or, or not? Well, a true it, crime documentary? True crime documentaries or podcast. As in, does she listen to a specific one? It, nope. All of them. 
Okay. Um, I don't have an issue with it. There oh. you go. No, I'm going to say Green Flag because I do. I don't listen to a lot of them, but there's um, uh, Murder with My Husband is a podcast and mm. they go through true crime stories. Right. It's actually fascinating listen, some of it. So and fascinating in not obviously in the sense of, oh wow, that's great. Like it's not great obviously, <laughs> but it's like fascinating they really go into intricate detail about the like the very inner thought processes of what these people must have been going through. And it's like honestly it is a gripping listen. And I have no I've grown, like not grown up on it, but a lot of the shows that I watch are crime you know based so i have no issue with it dude green flag it is like the biggest red flag yeah, you're just a bitch no dude it's not being a bitch it's fucking borderline psychopath what do you mean falling asleep listening to the details intricately of someone getting murdered yeah that's okay barbaric humans out there murdering each other and you fall asleep to it you're comfortable i have no issues i on the accusation that i'm a bitch i get like Secondhand anxiety listening to stuff like that or even like certain rom-coms like you can see the character fucking up in the process and like I'll have to like pause it time out like have a couple of minutes to myself like nah I'm oh. out nah nah I've got, I've got no issues with it nah it's just one of those things have you got another one? Oh, fuck my turn yeah nah no worries um uh makes the bed every morning that's a green flag. It's it's not me. <laughs> I'm going to say... I didn't really have an answer for this. I reckon it's somewhere... It's a yellow flag. It's somewhere in the middle. I think you need to be wary. Wary? I think you need to be wary. Why? I'll just, it's just got control freak written all over it. Yeah, uh, an ex-partner of mine... <laughs> would crack it when I wouldn't make the bed if I, if I slept in longer. Yeah. And it's, it, I don't know, it's one of those things. Getting in and getting in a freshly made bed is good, right? But I have absolutely zero problems whatsoever. It is not... Getting, getting into the bed that I got out of that morning exactly as I left it. I have no issues with that. In my humble opinion, the effort to make the bed is not worth the feeling for getting into a freshly made bed. Yep, yep. I'm it's not the same as fresh sheets. That's a different ballpark. Yeah. Fresh sheets. Whoo. Flanny, flannelette sheets in winter, freshly put on and it's nice and cold. Yeah. I'm talking. I woke up this morning. I went to bed with a doona and two blankets last night. Yeah, did I blanket it a up hoodie, as well? A hoodie on. Yep. And long pants. How do you sleep in a hoodie? Doesn't it like hold on, your reason hold shit? On. I woke up. No doona. Huh. One blanket. And no hoodie on. Is there a burrito to your side? <laughs> and no hoodie on. Huh? No hoodie. I don't even remember taking it off. Oh, I woke up, it. I was fucking freezing. I thought Annika just took the blankets and rolled into a burrito. No, no, she definitely rolled herself into a burrito. I woke up early this morning to leave early for work and she looked pretty toasty in her fucking hoodie and 84,000 blankets. <laughs> and I'm over freezing on one side. Bro, it's been that cold. Yeah, it's been cold the last couple of days. Um, real simple, red flag or green flag, Suzuki Swift. Red flag. Red flag Straight for sure. Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. I don't know a Suzuki Swift owner that isn't borderline psychopath. Mm. Guarantee if, their name's Sarah. Or if Paige my cousin Haley is listening, yes, I'm talking about you. Yeah, no, red flag. You can't. Oh, man. Why would you? Why would you do it to yourself? Dude, easily the craziest girl I've ever been with. White Suzuki Swift. 
craziest girl you've ever been with. Yeah. Does she listen to the podcast? Probably not, dude. Mm. I think I'm blocked on everything still. Oh, right. You know why I got blocked? We were like a situation ship for about six weeks and she knew at the start that I was going to Europe for six weeks. It comes to like departure day a week before and she's like, are you going to get me a gift? I'm like, from overseas? Yeah, if you like. Like, no worries. And she goes, no, like before you go. I was like, no, I've been saving up to go overseas. Why am I spending money on you now? I'll go get something overseas in Europe, like from Europe with you. Anyway, so I depart on the Friday night. Thursday, she goes to work at Club Love. It says someone from Sharks, like a staff member. Keep in mind, everyone that I worked with at Sharks was 40 plus. Went all the way to Broadbeach Club Love on a Thursday night to tell her that I was going to cheat on her in Europe. And they didn't even know who she was. So then... Perfect. She messaged me that and goes... Don't ever talk to me again. Blocked me and everything. Still yeah, haven't cool. spoken to her to this day. Nice. Oh, real, Suzuki real nice Swift, clean mate. ending. Yeah, no. Nah. Red flag. Um, all right. Uh, constantly complains about first world problems. Oh. Do you have an answer? Let me. I need a mull on it. I am going to say it is a red flag. I think it's a small red flag left in yeah, Nepal. It's, it's not like, a complete... It's not clapping on the plane. Dude, I'm pitch, what I'm holding up now is the Nepal flag. <laughs> it's a red flag, but just like half of one. Small, yeah. Yeah. It's... It It can just be like... Some people just literally meant to get it off their chest. And it's about the dumbest stuff. But then like there's other, other people where it's seriously like, you need to get a grip. Yeah. Like have a reality check. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's um oh reality checks. They are some of the well, one of the things that so many people need the most. People, you know, the people whinging about how shit their day was, or you know, everything like that. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I just thought of my next one. I'll go on. <laughs> um, pushing your pet in a pram when you walk it. Ah. Oh. Ah. <laughs> 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 That is the reddest of red flags. I think that may be... Do you reckon the reddest would be the brightest? Or just like the... Like no, just the truest the red. The truest red? Yeah. I think, yeah. That would be the most untrustworthy person, I think, of all time. Probably. It'd be close. Yeah. It's definitely right up there with the best of them. And just no, got, their, got their priorities all in the wrong place. No surprise. All in the wrong place. No surprise. The devil is red as well. Yeah. I have one more if you're interested. Yep. I'm all ears. I feel like this is somehow related to my personal living arrangement. No, no, I'm not attacking your future wife. Excellent, go on. Not yet. Not, yeah. not this episode. That's very fair. <laughs> um, red flag or not, they offer, a, when you first meet them, a tarot card reading. Um, I am going to say that that is a... And when they read it though, it is gospel. I'm going to say yellow flag. Yellow? I will let people believe whatever they want to believe. Or, but for you, is it a red flag? Not my... Well, it's, I don't know that it's a red flag, but it's just not my cup of tea. I think it's a little bit of a red flag, brother. In that case, yeah, it probably is a little bit of a red flag. Yeah. like, But it's not... A, has that happened it, to you before? Like, you've been on a date and they've asked for a tarot card reading? No, this will actually... This might shock the listeners, but I don't... I didn't really date much. Really? Nah. No. You were good looking when you had hair. <laughs> like lots of it. I just, again, I'm just one of, like a real simple guy. I just, <laughs> like, if I like someone, I'd go out on a date with them. 
but I wasn't actively seeking it out. Right. It's just one of those things. We had very different teenage <laughs> years. Yeah. Dude, so. I saw the movies and this chick whipped out tarot cards before the movie started. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that ain't it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just want to smash. Yeah, I'll do it. And like, I don't even know what reading I got to the point like... Weren't even listening. No, I was because I remembered it like like the moon sign or something. So they get like when you were born and the time you were born. Some shit like that. Yeah, no. So you have... No, uh... Yeah, star sign and a moon sign, which I didn't know were things until my eyes were open. Might have actually been on this podcast. Yeah, so I'm a Virgo, and I was uh, I was born at 10.50 a.m. I'm a Libra, and that's all I know. All I know is like on those like suspect Facebook posts, Virgos always pop up with like, uh, like a Pisces. It's the you biggest dickheads. I would actually, I would go ahead and say that um, closet... Uh, how do you phrase someone that like, believes in star signs and oh, astrology? I thought you were going to say woo-woo and I was going to say religious. Yeah. So I just, I think it's woo-woo, right? And I don't believe in it, but Each I, their own, I'm, I'm a very open-minded person, Same. I would like to think. So if it's your belief, then I do not think any less of you because you believe in something that I don't believe in. And I'll in. always participate in it for that reason. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, nah. But be open about it. I won't, I won't believe what they say. No. But I'm happy to hear them out. Yeah. That's kind of where Give I Give them a bit of meat on. 100%. Bit of razor ray time. Bit of razor ray. Uh, that's all I've got. Uh, we might move on to general sport then. Yeah, speed razor ray. We'll jump into general sport. I want to start on the AFL. Okay. This will shock you. Right? Fucking oath. I'm stunned. Mate, I had a perfect round last round. Same here. And so did half the comp. Yeah, but I don't care. I'm Every favourite one. Um, but I tell you what, the Demons it was, should not have won. It was only... The last two games that stuffed everyone up, the dude. Melbourne Carlton game, no, that sh- that should have changed. Car- um, Colling- um, Collingwood was it? Yeah, I think Col- it's Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood. So Melbourne should have lost. Like they they pulled it out of their ass. I reckon. Like they, I can't even. And the Lions, the Lions should have lost as well. Yeah, Lions. They, Max well, King they won by fifty. Oh my god, Max King like Owen, six behind. Oh and five. Oh. And there was one where like he just had to like dribble it in. He completely shanked it, and that was him cooked for the night. Yeah, no, it was, was it was Melbourne Carlton. Carlton, sorry, not yeah, Pies. So, My apologies, fellas. Um, and then yeah, Freo got Fuck up. Fuck Carlton, though. Richmond got up big, but it was really because everyone tipped Melbourne. It was really only the last two games: the Sydney Collingwood game and the Port that's, Essendon game. Dude, that's right, Sydney Collingwood. Port beat Essendon by eighty-four points. Essington. Essington. That's so good. I sh- I, t- I was pretty happy that I tipped Swans. Yeah, so um, they, they I am the- I am up to second in the AFL tipping. Can we give us your prediction for the the whole thing for the G- AFL? Geelong. See, I'm, I'm a Cats guy as well. Sticks is a little bit different. Okay. Sticks doesn't think the Cats will um, match up in the finals. Like, it doesn't suit their style. To who, though? Like, like, I mean, I'm interested to hear who they... He thinks Demons will win the lot. Yeah, I can kind of see that. And they're, I mean, because they're playing proper shit at the moment. They've been nowhere near their best. Dude, since the whole Stephen May thing, they haven't been the same. What's the Stephen May thing? Um... Got pun- I think he got punched by one of his teammates. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I do know about that. Um, yeah, I think I, I'd, I'm going to pick Cats, but I wouldn't mind a, a, a Smoky Lions flag. Uh, only five people in the comp last week. Sorry, I got a perfect round. Oh, my apologies. But it was a lot of people in the top five. Oh, in the, oh, all of them were in the top ten. 
including you, was 10th. So a few eights, though. So yeah, Annika is still first in the AFL tipping. That's fucked. Clear by two points, mind you, uh, with me sliding up into second. You've slipped to 10th. I've been at 10th for a while, man. Yeah, actually, you can't have slipped because you got literally a perfect round. <laughs> so I, yeah, so and I missed the margin by one. That's, that's I was, tight. I was one point off a genuine perfect round. Uh, I have nothing else to add on the AFL. Dude. NRL, different story. Fucking shit house week. So, yeah, I was shit in the NRL too. Um, I'm stunned that Cripps got off. It's so am I. Terrible precedent. And there's been uh, hits softer than that that have caught bands. Yeah. I... I don't really get it. I don't know enough about it to get too much into it, but we we're protected, it, protected species. I was watching it live with star Sti- midfielder protected species. I was watching it live with sticks. We're both like, mm, that's weeks. Yeah. Oh, it just had weeks written all over it. The bloke was completely polaxed. Yeah, but look, um, completely defenseless. Like, there's absolutely nothing that old mate could have done, and Crips knew that. Brownlow predictions from here. Don't have one. I, again, I don't follow it enough. I hope Brady... Is it Brayshaw? Brayshaw. I hope he wins it. He's been slipping a little bit lately. I was just about to say, I don't know that he's played that well in the last two weeks. If Brayshaw doesn't win it, I'd love to see Took Miller win. Surely not. Dude, he's been an animal. Like He if, played no good on the week. Like, Suns... There's two been a few ago games where Suns been like... They've lost, but he's had like 35 plus touches. Yeah. Go up to Sunnies, mate. Yeah. Get around Suns them. are on the rise. I reckon... Mate, we've been on the rise not, for 10 still, years. We've got no, they have not. No, they have not. <laughs> we've got like 18 I, first draft picks. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be next year either. But I reckon a couple of years' time, if they can keep their blokes all together, they'll be um, they'll start coming together. Although I think... Did I see the Crows have tabled Isaac Rankin? Something yeah, five, so it's five years, four million. Yeah. That's, that, he's gone. And so get... Get the bag, bro. Get like, that bag. Like, that's crazy. That's so. That's such a good offer for him. Can the Gold Coast possibly offer him that? Nah. And I don't know if it's worth it for Gold Coast anyway. Oh, I think it is. You would pay Rankin 800k a year. Well, who else are you paying? Who, who the fuck are you getting for 800k to come play on the Gold Coast? I, I don't think you have to spend that much money. Who's moving? When you suck that bad, you've got to pay overs. It's like what the Dragons are going to have to do to keep Ben Hunt for next year. We will talk about that soon because there's some interesting stuff. Uh, no, I'll, as a Suns fan, I'm, I, I'm telling, I'm packing his bags. I'm happy for him. Go get it. Did you think the same thing when Tom Lynch left? No, because I thought I think Lynch is a much better player. Different style footballers too. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, NRL. Do you want to talk NRL? Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, do you want to start with the Dragons thing since you mentioned it? Because I don't want to, thing? I don't want to talk about Parramatta. Let's be honest. So it's very fair. They didn't play on the weekend, did they? <laughs> nah, didn't show up. Anyway, they scored as many points as I did. Yeah, same. Standard Parramatta too. Two good weeks. <laughs> anyway, um, so the Dragons are gonna have to offer Benny Hunt approximately one point three million a year to keep him. Yeah, they have a massive issue. So we've always thought they're doing the whole Moneyball thing, but there was an article released earlier this week. So it's the top one hundred. Like paid players. Paid players, yeah, yeah. Did you read it? So, I didn't read much of it. I, I read a little bit of it and there's some some interesting kind of th- findings came out of that, but yeah, go on. I think they have nine on the list. Oh, no. Nah. That nah, can't be nine. Seven. It's seven. Yeah. 
They have seven, and it's none of the young guys. Moses Embiid's on 950k a year. He's 11th in the comp. Yeah. Yuck. Holy shit. He's, no he would not be the 11th best player in any position, let alone the 11th best player in the comp. He's not the 11th best player at his club. Well, he probably is. There's Come on, bro. He's 8 to 11, somewhere there. I wouldn't pick him in my starting lineup. Well, I, yeah, but some of that comes from the fact that he's... Uh, Semi-decent 14. Yeah, but, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, they're fucked. I, I am in total agreement. It's, and it, it's actually, and it also doesn't help that their um, management have just complete, it's been a complete balls up this year with their young kids. It's such a DMC play. Yeah. The, the Terrell, whole Terrell Sloan ter- thing. That's so bad. Oh. He has to go somewhere else. Yeah. I, no, I Go don't, to Redcliffe. Yeah. yeah he same seriously with, doesn't have a future Same with there. Bud Sullivan. I would have played him more at 14. But then you can't really pay Moses Embai a mil a year to go to the Rezies. Well, you can't really. Can you warrant paying a bloke a million bucks a year to play 14 at Clubland? No. No, you can't. That's half-back money. So that's why... That's full-back money. That's why he's that's, been... That ain't 55 minutes a game, 14 money. So that's why he's been playing lock, hooker, five-eighths at times, full-back at times, centre at times. They're, they're just finding a spot to put him because they have to. Yeah, they've really missed Moses Sully lately. He, I think he's due for an upgrade. Yeah, he wouldn't be. Fu- I know he's new, but I don't think he signed a long term deal. No, well, it wasn't. It was because he was under contract until the until twenty twenty three with Manly. Got a release to play out the last year of his deal, so he can negotiate on November first. November first. Uh, Amon, I think, can negotiate from November first. They've been a complete balls up this year. The Dragons, they've fucked. So they had, they've got some good kids coming through, and they're going to lose half of them because they've fucked around thinking they were going to make the eight, trying to win games. They're going to come tenth, and they'll have fucked around all their young kids. They're going to have to re-sign Vent Hunt. There, I think. So I'm trying to think of the seven that are in the top like page. So there's obviously Embi Hunt, Tarek Sims, I assume's in there. Tarek Sims, Jack DeBellin. Um, What's Andrew McCulloch on? Is he still on Broncos? A uh, Broncos deal? No, nah, he'd be on a fresh deal. Yeah, okay. But like he'd be up there. Is Corey Norman still getting paid by St George? Good chance. He got suspended for eight weeks. Yeah, for the fucking bit of fingering the bum. Upawadi in the arsehole. What an idiot. So anyway, they're, but they're, yeah, they're, they're, they are a um, dead set basket case. The, the other club, um, which and everyone's known this, Uncle Nick. He's got some things on his plate because they also have seven or eight, and they've got half their salary cap tied up. It's more than half, actually, isn't it? In seven, seven players. players. So Kiri will, I reckon, Kiri retires into next year, if not the end of this year. So they can move Manu to six. I had an aneurysm. There's an article talking about Teddy moving to six so Manu can play fullback. I did read that. No, and how, that came from someone interviewed Tedesco. And Tedesco yeah. said that he'd do it. Shut up. Stay at fullback. You're, you're the best fullback. And Manu's been at six with Sam Walker and been quality. Yeah. That's it. Teddy v Turbo. Both fully fit. Who's better? Turbo. Is it close? Yep. Real close. And like the hard, the hard argument for that is New South Wales have Teddy at fullback. When they're both full, fully fit, yes, but I don't. I think that's just to fit them both in the team. I, yeah, I was going to say I think that has more to do with um, Turbo's uh, flex, not flexibility, Ampy dexterity. But, um, no versatility, more so 
Dan. Because like, he can play centre. He can play wing. Tedesco to be at his He's a one or six. best. He's a one. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a few clubs that have got a fucking bit on. But the next the next bit is Suwali'i. Like, he's not going to play on the wing forever. And he's a fullback. That's just playing on the wing for now. And he's a fucking beast, mate. Yeah. Should be the Australian team. Isn't it crazy, the body transformation? In yeah, 12 in one, months. 12 months. Oh. And I mean, like, he was only 17 when he played last year. But he was a dead set stick. He's still going through puberty, man. Holy hell, he is built like a brick shit house now. You wouldn't want to fucking run past him. No, thanks. Uh, so, they got, so they got rid of Verils. They've brought in the cheese. They've yeah. got Radley. Um, they lose Taukeahu at the end of the year. Yeah, where's he going again? Super League? Yeah. Yeah. Which is surprising. I, th- I thought there'd be surely as a club that could use him. Well, this has got it. No, well, he basically came out, and I don't think the Roosters were going to offer him another deal. So he's just gone, fuck it, I'm not playing for anyone else. No, and that's what he said. He said, I can't imagine myself playing for anyone else in the NRL other than the Roosters, so I'm going to Super League. Fair enough. Yeah. Won a, he's won a couple of rings with the Roosters. You can't Respect. hate it. I'm sure Nick would love that shit. He'll get sorted out when he comes back. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's probably getting sorted out when he goes there too. Yeah. Um, uh, they got heaps. Broncos on. back in the winning, uh, back in the winning circle this week. Mate, Tamari Martin is so much better at fullback than. Oh Tessie. my god, he and he's actually he's so silky. Yeah, he's a great pickup for New Zealand next year. He won't play great one. Pick-up. I reckon he'll play six. Yep, doesn't matter because great they'll have pick-up. chance at one. Yeah, great pickup. I think it's elite. I think if I honestly, oh man, it's tough. If he stayed next year, are you playing him at six? No. Ezra's been real good. Ezra's defense is underrated. Yeah, I agree. And he's fucking quick. Yeah. He is rapid. Him him and Reynolds combine pretty well too. But yeah. the Tamara with the extra set of, like the extra ball player down the back. Oh, mate. He's just, un- he threw two tries. You'll get that again. with Reese Walsh though. Yep. So that's pretty cool for you guys. Yeah. So. And probably get a little bit more threat at the line too than you know, Tamari. You know who had an overrated game this week? Selwyn Gobbo. Selwyn Throbo. Throbo. Three tries is cool, but five errors. Five errors, did he? It's fucking gross. As a winger. I don't remember him making... He made five errors. Fuck, that's a lot. That is unacceptable. I remember he got dragged over the sideline. Well, not dragged over. He let himself get held up over the sideline. And that's not even once. an error. Like it's It was like unforced errors. Gross. That's... That's unacceptable. And two of them were in the last eight minutes as yeah. well, the tries, when the game was done anyway. Don't, a, I, I think he had a shit game. Renault was unreal. His um, goal kicking... So good, bro. borderline hero- like erotic. Mm. It is unbelievable. Hit some sweet as. He's missed five kicks all year from the right touchline. Really? That's his, that's his bad touchline too, like for a right footer. Five, bro. That is unbelievable. They all go straight fucking through the middle. It is just... Unbelievable. Such an underrated part of footy as well. He's been the signing of the year. I know I'm, I'm known biased as a Broncos fan, but yeah. I don't think it's questionable that it is the best signing. It's just the Chad's first the year. year. Yes. He'd be a close second, in my opinion. It's those two and Nico Hines are the three. Hines has been actually unbelievable. Yeah. Like the way he's turned into a ball dominant seven from being a fullback in less than 12 months. He, he, in a he, completely different system. He was a half coming through the ranks. Yeah. But still, at NRL level, that's still incredible. Kudos. Yeah. Um, I suppose it would be remiss of us not to t- uh, at least mention the uh, passing of Paul Green this week. Tragic. Uh, yeah. Uh, genuinely heartbreaking for a lot of players and 
um, people around the NRL. Um, and obviously, uh, the initial news reports didn't were not even vague, actually, but they didn't seem to suggest that it was a self-inflicted thing at all. Oh, and then it's a red flag when they like say the details are to come because if it's something that's not self-inflicted, they'll just say it. Yeah. So, so when uh, I first that was, saw that, I was like, "Well, this ain't this." But ain't it, it. Just, somehow, not even somehow, everyone. It just makes it more tragic when you hear that someone's taking their own life. Yeah. The day after his nine-year-old kid's birthday. That's tough. It's brutal. So, um, yeah, shout out to to his family. I'm sure it's... Um, and fellas yeah. and chicks that listen, if you need someone to talk to, please call Lifeline. If you can't, if you're not comfortable talking, speaking to your mates, they're open 24-7. It's a free service. Just use it. But it was the Nico, bringing up Nico Hines that made me think of it. That And he's obviously a massive advocate in rugby league and he's been very open and honest about his own mental health yeah issues in the past um you know saying and he's said that you know are you okay day is coming up soon but it's not a once a year thing no it's an it's, it's seriously it's, it's an everyday it's thing. an everyday thing it's an everyday thing and i think there's this massive stigma around without trying to get too serious on a you know reasonably unserious podcast but <laughs> you know people the stigma people need to understand that it's like any other look you know you sprain your wrist it it is an as easy as that. It's just it, it's another injury. It's another thing that happens to people. It's another. It's just another block. And you, people can't. You, you shouldn't feel like you're going to be judged for having, you know, feelings and emotions about stuff. And I, I think and it's a particularly an issue for guys because they don't want to let their guard down around others. Yeah. But I don't think enough people understand that if you've lost someone to something like this, you just like like all you would want to do is just have a chat to them. Yeah, it's it sucks. So please, like, reach out. Yeah. take the, Get the help before you do something drastic like that. Yeah, exactly right. So Moving on. Moving on swiftly. You got anything? Uh, oh, you want to talk about the golf? Cameron Smith developments. Yeah, so Cameron Smith, um, after... Uh, before we get into Smithy, shout out to Will Zalatoris. First ever win. That was sick. I don't love him. What a sick finish, but... That is a pretty cool finish with Sepp Straka. Yeah. Crazy playoff. Both fucked it up. So, that's good on him. His, his putting gips aren't as bad as they normally are, which is cool. Putt for um, dough, baby. Zalatoris does not putt for dough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just... So, after that tournament, it just got released today that uh, Cameron Smith, the the boy from uh, one teamer and Rizzy, has a hip injury, a hip... So he's pulled out of the BMW Championship. Real suspicious timing, in my opinion, after the last press conference where he still refused to say yes or no that he's going to live next year. All he, all he said is, I want to play the FedEx, this FedEx Cup and that's where my energy is. And when you find out, it'll come from me. And out of nowhere, hip injury. Thoughts? Woo-woo or actually injured? Mm, I am going to say actually injured. I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's pretty bad, pretty uh, pretty poor. I don't believe he's he, he he'd have to be proper injured not to play. Like almost can't get out of bed injured. Cause surely, he, cause, surely cause every, he would. Surely he would realise that like pulling some stunt like that would only make things worse. I don't reckon he'd have a choice. The PGA might have just got him. What do you mean? I think it's come from the PGA higher ups and not him. <clears throat> 
What, so they've told him you're not playing? I reckon they've gone, you're not playing if you're leaving. Oh. Because it's double points in the FedEx, because it's the it's the, it's the the playoffs now. Every So it's double points, right? I know he's very highly ranked, but if someone in the top 25 gets a win, they'll go way ahead of him on points. Yeah, right. And they cut off every tournament, they, they trim off. So it starts, So it's top 150, they'll trim it down to 125 for the BMW. And then it trims down, I think, to 110 or even 100. For the next, and it goes down to like the final tournament where it's like 50. Fuck. So it's not just like he's missing any old tournament. Like this is... It's, it's, Serious. it's the playoffs, mate. Yeah, right. It's okay. the big tournament. Yeah, right. Okay, maybe there's more things at play than, than anyone realises. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I'm not buying what they're selling at the moment. Fair enough. So... Um, did we speak about Danny Ricardo's asking price last week? Yes. <laughs> the 20... Two twenty-three. So, just on the development with Piastri's, um, so the so the F one have a contract recognition board. Yep. And it's come back saying it's two valid contracts. Oh fuck me! One with Alpine and one with McLaren. Yeah. Uh, Alpine has said that there's a ninety percent chance this goes to the High Court, <laughs> which F one try to avoid. And I mean, we touched on this last week, but uh, that's such a bonehead move from him. Yeah, and his manager, which is another Australian, Mark Webber. Who's been there and done that? Yeah, should know better. So, yeah, because they were banking on the clause that if there's no promotion by or like indication of a promotion by the 30th of June, they were free to negotiate elsewhere. And Alpine's like, nah, we got him. But Alpine should let him go. Why would you want someone driving for you that doesn't want to be there? Yeah, hundred percent. Ideal world, I think they swap because there's an open seat. Like Alonso's moved to Aston Martin, Vettel retired, so it's just a spare seat there. Yeah, I think effectively Piastri is driving at Alpine, Ricardo's at McLaren. They swap, but they can't swap unless Ricardo gets his twenty-one mil. <laughs> might, have to, he's, might have to negotiate there. He, no, he's, surely they're not paying him twenty-three million. He is the off. only one that can break the contract. It's written in. Only Ricardo can negotiate terms to leave McLaren otherwise he races in 2023 fucking big dick energy signings I mm. fucking love that shit that's that level of petty that I love it's all about being pro athlete mate all for it and the Alpine car's arguably better yeah they released a stat because the winter break now it's in next race in a couple of weeks they released a stat and it was like percentage off like the, the quickest cars. So Ferrari's the quickest. It's like 0.01%. And then Red Bull's like 0.2. I think Mercedes is 0.8. And then Alpine and McLaren are next. And it's like 1.2 or 1.25 or something. They're like neck and neck. And they're, they're fighting for fourth. I'd love to see Ricardo go to Alpine next year and just smoke Norris and yeah. um, Piastri. But... He's really not that look that good this year. He's only got sixteen points through nine races. Oof, rubbish. Norris has got like forty or fifty. Yeah, and with F one because no one has the same car, you're, you're judged. You're only as good as your teammate. Yeah. So yeah. So he's got one bloke you need to beat, and yeah, you're not and he's even getting close. Smoked. Yeah. He's good days. He's on the back of Norris, not ahead. Yeah. Now, before we finish up, we've been threatening to talk about this for a while. Is the goat? debate so the greatest of all time versus the most talented of all time yes i want to get your thoughts we're going to talk <laughs> tennis oh not, not a topic i'm strong on but i'm interested so we'll start with the men's 
who do you think is the greatest of all time and who do you think is the most talented of all time? Uh, Federer, greatest. I'm actually going to put him most talented too. I'm going to say that... I don't you, know lots about tennis. I don't, disclaimer. I don't know that you can split the big three... Got to pick one. ...of recent era. I think I'm taking Federer. Okay. It's touch and go because they're all... All three of them dominate on at least one surface. Federer is more versatile, in my opinion. That's why I picked him. And that is why I would also pick him, is that he, as an all-around tennis player, he is better. But Nadal obviously dominates on the clay. Djokovic, Djokovic on, shit. on the hard court. In the Australian Open. He's won like seven Australian Opens. Yeah. He just fucking slays it on the hard court. Federer on, Federer on grass. Oh, oh bro. There's nearly never... Not a better sight. So, probably taking Federer. He's your most talented... I can I say Nadal just because he's a lefty. You can. It's your opinion. Mm. Um, I don't know. I would say mm, Djokovic is the most athletically gifted of the three. Can I give you a hot take? You're not allowed to say Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios. Shut your fucking lips. I'm serious. Nah. Just pure talent. Kicks. Mm, nah. Or Rod Laver as the oh, goat. Fucking please. I don't know. What a grand slam. Can't argue. No, Dylan Alcott. Nope. Greatest of all time. Do it on legs. <laughs> Brutal. Um, this all came back. Serena Williams has stepped away from tennis. So she's uh, not retired. She's not phrased it like that. And I think she even said in an interview that she's not ready to call it retiring. She hasn't. Kind got, of got, got there, there yet. yet. Yeah, okay. Um, but she is taking uh, time away from tennis. I'm really not a Serena fan. Fa- for family. And actually, grow I think she wants to have more kids. That's cool. I can so, respect that. Um, and there was a... Uh, well, I, she's pretty widely regarded as the greatest women's tennis player of all She'd time. be my answer for both. There was some bloke over in the US on first take who was oh, just saying... Like, this just, should be dribble. Just teeing off, saying that she's not even fucking close to the best women's tennis player of all time. Who is? Oh, oh she's talking... He's talking about Steffi Graf and... Huh? Um, Who? Uh, some other chick. What and, about our... And I was like, what do you... She's won 23 Grand Slam titles. What about our religious angel? She's actually... She's legitimately stopped players in her era from winning majors yeah no she, I think she's the answer for both for me Maria Sharapova would have won 12 majors if she didn't play in the same era as Serena saved Williams. the world a lot of grunting oh wouldn't it so anyway I think it's Serena Williams but again it's recency I don't know enough about tennis back in the day I'm not saying that the older guys weren't good players but Serena Williams' level yeah, of dominance is nearly unknown. I don't really know much about tennis. They also argue that the, the era of women's tennis has been weaker while Serena Williams has been playing. But I think it only seems weaker because she's good so she good. Is. Yeah, that was yeah. my initial thought about that too. Yeah. Um, we have one more thing to cover in my Go. notes. Pet accidents. Ah, well, do you want to kick us off where this uh, segment idea yeah. came from? So at work, we don't sit at the same desk every day. So I sat, I sat at... I sat at a desk, so that took a while to spit out. Sorry, guys. Which means that you sit next to different people every day? Yeah. And I so Friday, I sat next to someone I don't really sit next to very often. Anyway, she just like randomly looked over to me like quite like upset. I was like, oh, are you okay? And she's like, oh. Fishing, fishing for, you know, some sympathy. Yeah. The, 
and which is fine. I don't I don't really talk much at work to everyone's surprise. Um, and she's like, oh yeah, I've, I've got a staffie and like I've moved in with this chick three weeks ago, and she has budgies and she just called me and my my staffie ate her budgie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, orcs. And I'll especially I'll, moving in there too. Oh, it's three not weeks. And I was like shit like are you, are you okay like she says yeah i'm fine i just i don't really know what to say yeah and me not thinking about what i was saying scrap blurted out yeah but what would the budgie say not heaps i'd imagine <laughs> oh right I, I anyone who's uh been hanging around me for long enough and my youngest or my younger brother uh our pet accident uh happened not that long ago here less than a year ago oh this um, is brutal and uh and Eska, who's he was only a puppy at the time, but he was a fair bit bigger than the dog downstairs. So Eska's an Australian Shepherd. He is an Australian Shepherd, and I don't know what Kobe is. Kobe is one of those like cloud-looking dogs that's under fifty pounds, so he's technically <laughs> he's a, a cat. cat. But anyway, and they used to roll around and play with each other all the time. And Eska's fucking clumsy because he was less than six months old or six months old, whatever. Anyway, and uh, and anyway, get home. Uh, Richard gets home one day. And Kobe's eyes looking a little bit funky. And he's like whinging and whining and something, you know, something's clearly not quite right. Anyway, looked like it might have just been like an infection or conjunctivitis or something. Took him to the vet. What had actually happened was that Esker's claw had accidentally punctured the poor dog's eye. Oh. So it lost his eye. So the fluid that was around his eye was not any kind of infection. It was actually the fluid from inside kobe's eyeball gross yeah gross um so that wasn't great shout out to kobe he's got a little instagram that brooke made kobe the one-eyed dog fucking loves it <laughs> he loves life we're actually down there for dinner last week and we joke about it saying like you know he can't see out one side genuinely he walked in the door and didn't see the bar stool so knocked his head on the bar stool as he walked in just kept walking That's didn't, so cruel didn't give a fuck <laughs> Did not give a fuck. So, anyway, call him Cobb now because it's Kobe with no eye. That means he doesn't have to look at Richard half the time. Yeah, exactly. So, no, he fucking loves it though. Dog doesn't care. But, uh, yeah, send in your uh, pet accidents if you've got any. I'm sure there's some interesting stories out there. Yeah. For sure. Send us, send us in your red flags. Oh, yeah, feel free. Because I'm it. sure there's heaps out there. And feel free to comment about uh, whether you think we're wrong on any of our takes on the... Uh, on the red flags, I'm expecting a bit of flashback on the uh, the crime shows and podcasts. Dude, that is a red flag every day of the week. Mm. Yeah. How no. can you consciously sleep at night listening to some barbaric killings? Are you conscious when you sleep? Yeah, enough. How can you consciously... I don't know. Are You're you? dreaming. If you don't remember your dreams... You always remember you your dreams for the first five minutes you wake up and then it's gone. I don't know that that's true. It is true. Nah. There's a percentage of your dreams that you would remember the first five minutes and then your brain forgets it. Otherwise, you don't have brain activity when you sleep. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I work hard enough <laughs> nine to five, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us again. If you've got any uh, any messages, topic ideas, segment ideas for the potty, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram at armchaircritics or on our email armchaircritics at outlook.com. Sean, thanks for joining us again this week, mate. Massive effort from you, backing up back-to-back weeks. Oh, thanks, boys. Really putting in the hard yard. I appreciate these subtle dings. I'm a busy man. Just doing it. For the <laughs> full credit to the boys. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. See ya.